last three years, they're psyched to be back in the postseason. Damn, Knicks fans, why you so salty, man? It don't make no sense. You know, fuck Trey Young. I get it, man. This, this, that's how we give it up in New York City, man. But you know, I'm not sure if, if if that was like the right way to go about that. You know what I'm saying? But um, we'll get into it, man. Like, like I got my guy here, um, D. Trav from Knicks, um, Knicks at Night TV. Oh my god, let's just let's just get right into it. Hey, what's up, bro? Yo, what's going on, my man? Yeah, you like that pigeon walking in the background? <laughs> yo, that's funny, yo. That's funny. Yo, keep, yeah, give it to the internet to do their research, you know, because everything is on the internet forever. They said, well, he don't like birds. All right, next game, let's get him. Yo, man, I wish that we, we would have found that out a little, a little sooner because then it really would have been crazy, man. Right. But, yo, that, if we, you know, once we make it to that game five, that game five is going to be nuts, man. I just probably going to be a lot of bird heads walking around <laughs> <laughs> looking crazy. So let's get into it, man. Yes, what you, what you, what, well, well, you you hit me well. At first, I asked, I saw you talking to um what was it JB JB from um from um Nick's, Nick's Omni fan whatever. Yeah, he was um he had posted something whatever, and you always making your comments whatever. But um you are you know whenever you come on here, I always intrigued about your um your professional um you know game. You used to play professional basketball, so you have a different right. insight compared to some of the other podcasters and stuff like that, man. So right. you know what, what was your thoughts on that on the whole thing? Well. Uh... I just wanted to comment on it because, you know, as a, as a basketball player, you know, I, I still talk to some of my former teammates and other professional basketball players. And we was talking about the whole Trey Young situation. And, you know, as a basketball player, like I was trying to say, Knicks fans seem like they a little bit salty with Trey Young responding to them. You know, as far as they kind of was disrespecting him during the game. So when he hits the game winner and he's telling everybody, oh, say something now, I hear you're quiet. He's responding to you starting with him. See, so now you can't be you can't be mad and start clowning him and showing film. Look what Trey Young did to us. He disrespected us, but you started with him. You know, of course, it's a basketball game. You boo, you cheer, but as basketball players, there's a sacred ground, you know, that we have that we say keep it basketball. When you're playing on a, on a, whether it's a street ball or a pickup game or you're playing on a court. You could talk as much junk you want, but right, we always say keep it basketball. There's, so there's certain phrases that you you don't say to another player, whether you're a fan or an opposing player. You don't say fuck you or f you. That has nothing to do with basketball. You don't invite them to your private parts. That's another thing you don't do. You don't yeah. say suck my blank. You know you don't. That's not has nothing to do with basketball. You don't say I'm gonna slap this out of you or you you are a private part. You a puss. You know you don't say certain things like that. You know. We, when we say keep it basketball, we mean, yo, man, you suck. You ain't nothing. You just shot three airboards. You're a scrub. Get get your ass back to the bench. You a bench warmer. You know, certain things like that, like boo, you like the fans, you boo. You keep it, you keep it basketball related. Even if you want to crack jokes, like you have pictures, like you want to bring out the pigeons because you think Trey Young is scared of pigeons. That's all free again. You want to bring out uh, a freaking treasure troll because you think Trey Young looks like a treasure troll. That's all, you know. He does though. <laughs> he doesn't like a treasure troll. <laughs> right. You can do that's all love and fun of the game, right? But once you start using profanity at certain players, that's when players get mad at point and say, yo, that's guy, get that guy out the game. You see what I'm saying? And I just felt like you don't play follow the leader when as far as disrespect. I understand. I I, I bet you I put I could put my money on this that it was started by one drunk fan, F Trey Young. F Trey Young and everybody thought it was funny and they started chiming in. Next thing you know, you got the whole the whole stadium saying it. 
of course, he hear that, that, like I said, that has nothing to do with basketball. So, you know, you you added fuel to his fire. He already was doing good. Which We didn't learn our lesson from Reggie Miller from back in the days. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe our fan base is a little too too young to know what Reggie Miller used to do with us, what Jordan used to do with us when we used to try to get under player's skin, you know? But you, you, you cheer for your team, you bully your other team, but you don't. I mean, you could if you want to. You could pick on individual players, but just know they're going to come back at you. Don't get mad when they come back at you, you know? That's just the right. whole thing. Yeah, you're right. All, you're right all about that, man. We, we we were joking. I made a couple of posts too. We was joking about it, but I had no idea that that the fans did that chant. You know, because I'm, I'm watching the game, but I'm not. I'm not listening to the game because I'm I'm doing the whole halftime, the crunch time thing, man. So I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the um the whole you know Trey and the whole crowd saying it. Like usually mm-hmm. you can hear it a little bit, but the mm-hmm. whole crowd screaming and, and all at the same time like that. That could that you know the same thing like you said. I you know, I treat basketball like a dojo. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like when you come into the court, like you call next, you call next the same thing. Like you stand on the side waiting for the sensei to let you on, on, onto the court. Right. Same, same, same type of vibe. That's how, at least that's how I do it. That's one the main reason why I don't like Chris Paul. Chris mm-hmm. Paul talks way too much, man. You know what I'm saying? I right. love his game and stuff like that, but he says a lot of outrageous stuff on the court that kind of like, you know, you know, makes, you know, makes, makes, makes me cringe a little bit. Um, right. KG is another one. You know, even though KG play hard and this and the other, KG's calling everybody the N-word. He's calling this guy that. Tell You know, the, the, the whole Honey Nut Cheerio stuff. None yeah. of that stuff has no business on the basketball court, man. So I totally agree with, with, your, with your stance on the whole thing, man. But, and, you know, a lot, a lot, of, uh, a lot of our um, our fellow podcasters, too, uh, some of them were at the game and they were a part of the chant, you know. But right. then, as it, you know, as they were doing it, one of the guys, I, f- I forgot which one it was, but one of one of the guys was saying, as he was saying it, he just was like looking around, like, "Yo, what am I doing?" It's like it's right. like it's a trance. Everybody was in the trance, you know. Yeah, you. Had, I, I, I'll give Knicks fans a pass for this game. First playoff game in about eight years. You know, you're a little excited. You haven't had a playoff game in so long. You just you just pumped up. You got the liquor flowing. You see, you see, you finally, you, you've been, you've been uh, inside the house or, or quarantine or, or, you know, and you haven't been outside. Maybe this, some of, some of these people, they may be the, the first, you know, event that they've been to since the whole pandemic started. So you just a little too excited. You just start blurting stuff out, you know? Yeah. So I, I give them a pass for this game, you know, but, you know, come game two, I would expect a little bit more respect out of them, you know, bring the pigeons if you want to bring the pigeons, say his hair's trash say he's he's ugly he sucks he's not going to do it again you know but you know let's let's keep a little the profanity towards a player directly towards him none of the your mother stuff about his personal family none of that stuff or inviting him to your private parts and stuff like that let's keep it basketball you know what i'm saying you, we don't we don't gotta hit underneath the belt that's what i would call it, hitting underneath the belt you yeah, know definitely i want to see I, this though before you before you continue i want to see this <laughs> right. I would love to see that everybody coming in with the bird heads. Then that would just that would kill the whole that would right. kill the whole game, man. What about the pigeon song? Um, what was that? Sporty thieves. You remember the sporty thieves? Oh, uh, the freaking um, no, 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 um, pigeons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forgot about that song. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm about to make a freaking um, uh, meme in a second when we get off here. Right. Yeah, I f- totally forgot about this. I gotta write that down. No pigeons, the fucking sporty thieves. Holy shit! Yeah, you know, oh. you can play that. Yeah, so it's you know it's all for the games. Like I said, I had I had games in college when I was playing. But they thought it was funny that they would call me Chris Brown. Oh, Chris Brown, Chris Brown, Chris. And I would just laugh, like, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, Lloyd Banks, Lloyd Banks. Like, whatever. They, 
whatever they're saying to get up, but that does that doesn't bother me. But it's different. It's just like when somebody cuts you off in traffic. What, what is the most disrespectful thing that they could do to you? They flip you off with the middle finger, right? But right. they know they know that's disrespect. They know some people might take that personal. Not to get into uh, you know, what happened on the news, but you know, somebody got killed the other day for doing that. You know that, right? They Not cut in some, here. they cut the they didn't even get killed. They they child got killed, actually. A woman, oh. a woman, yeah, it was personal. She had her baby, six year old in the backseat. Somebody cut her off. She came back, gave him the finger. The person got out with a gun and shot and shot his child in the backseat. I mean, that's terrible. You know, that's terrible. But some people, you never know how people are going to react to certain words that could trigger them as far as disrespect. So I'm just like, so that's what I said. You just respect people. You know, it's basketball. It's fun. We having fun. Oh, you suck. <laughs> you ain't trash. You ugly. This and that. Just that. But let's just keep it classy. You know, that's that's all. I, that's all I gotta say. People yeah, definitely. I didn't, I didn't hear about that story because I was gonna say a joke too. I was gonna say a joke about it, man. But you know, a couple seconds passed, man. So let me let me let me tell you, guys can throw the middle finger, and then you know, you know, all that all that fussing and and whatever they're trying to get in front of you, whatever's going on, and then you meet them at the red light, right? You know what I'm saying? They're at the red light like this. They want. They don't want to look at you, right? They don't want to look at you now. They just, <laughs> they just, you know what I'm saying? Like you look at it, they're like, "What you gonna do?" But they just like you know, because they know you there, you know, because right. you know, it's just the adrenaline of the whole big thing. You know, you know, just the excitement of of of, of that that uh, of the possible confrontation, but mm -hmm. then when it really comes down to it, nobody wants to fight. Nobody wants that that type of thing. You know. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because at the end of the day, you may he's going against you right now because it's the Knicks versus the Hawks, but he's still a man at the end of the day, right? He's not right. only an NBA player; he's still a man. So, as a man, as Trey Young, the man, there's certain things that he may not tolerate disrespect. If you saw that man. Coming down the tunnel, would you think you're gonna walk up to him and be like, F Trey Young in his face? No, you're probably like, hey Trey Young, what's up? Can I get an autograph? So keep me yeah. one keep me 100, you know? Keep me yeah, 100. <laughs> let me let me get some of that, that hair that's receding out, out, of your, out of your head real quick, you know what I'm saying? For the for the for the sketchbook or whatever. <laughs> so, so so you know, so you was a player, so what was like the worst thing like a fan said to you? Because you play actually overseas. Overseas they throw batteries and all kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you know, in the stands, you sometimes you really when you focus on the game, you really can't hear what they saying to you because you're so zoned in the focus but like for example for when you get the whole crowd chanting it then you you notice like wait what are they saying and then somebody like go oh, they saying nephew you or they saying this and that you know or maybe when it's quiet at the free throw line that's the best time to get somebody you know you take it everybody's quiet and then you shoot boom even my oh yo my friend used to say right they used to do this chant right in college it's so funny like let's say you foul out the game this is a funny one right now you walk into the bench right as you walk into the bench, they go left, right, left. Yeah, yeah, I see them do that. Yeah, they like to do that down south. They do that down south. Right. So why you walk left, right, left, right, and then, and then the guy will be playing like he'll slow down on purpose so they can mess up their chat. They really sit down. They sit your ass down. <laughs> yeah. you know? But you know that's all funny games. It's for you sitting there laughing, or whatever. That's all like you know. But the worst thing I heard was. Worst thing. What's the worst thing I ever heard? Like I said, I had they they call me like celebrity lookalikes. That's the really I really haven't faced any most disrespect like that. It's just like oh you garbage, you suck, blah, blah. but now in street tournaments, I'm not, in street tournaments, I've been threatened, threatened yeah. like yo you score that basket, you know I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, wait till after the game, we're gonna f you up. But you know I know personally that's all to get underneath your skin and do your game. You know they want to know if you soft or how tough you are because growing up in Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying you're always gonna get tested. You know, so after they'll tell you that just to see if you got that heart or not, you know, you know, and, and, and some people might fold like, wait, this guy said he's going to jump me after the game. He has the bloods. He has the gang members over there. 
I might let me start missing on purpose. I don't even want the ball no more. And after the game, they laughing like, bro, we wasn't gonna do nothing to you, man. You really got got scared. You got under, out of your game, you know. So they they, they you know they, they want to see that you got heart. And once you show that you have heart, you're not scared. Guess what? The same person that said he was gonna kill you after the game, they come up to you and they give you a five, whatever. And the same thing for um overseas, you know, they threaten you and stuff like that. They might they they quickly to beat up their own player. <laughs> than, than, than the opposing team, you know, you give up the game-winning basket, you, you know, they they look at you as a traitor, you know. So you yeah. know how it is in soccer, overseas, and everything like that. They be looking to kill those goalies when they give up the game-winning goals, you know. So you, you gotta you gotta be careful out there, you know. So yeah, yeah, soccer, soccer is, the, is like like worse than <laughs> basketball over there. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely. I can't even imagine, man. I, I never play overseas, man, but I, I've been in church. You know, the, the um, like the one of the it wasn't even like a big tournament, man, but it was a church league, man. Why, why everybody in the freaking is a church gym? Why everybody in the gym fighting, man? Right. It was it was it was, it was over over something with the, with the referee. The referee was kind of like um like bias, whatever. Next thing you know, you know, we get into an argument. Next, another argument. Next thing you know, the whole church, everybody's down there fighting, man, in a church tournament, man. So. That, yo, that happened to me, too. I'm not going to lie. In a church tournament, when uh, we traveled all the way to Maryland, we was in Maryland. So we went from Brooklyn to Maryland, and we was playing the home team in a championship game, and it got kind of crazy. They started throwing chairs in the court. and leaked out. It leaked out to the parking lot where they was running up on our van. It was just crazy, you know. It was, it was crazy back then. But um, it was a big robbery, actually, because the key matchup was me versus this kid that I, I ended up going to school with him named Sterling Ledbetter. That's crazy, because in that tournament, me and him was big robberies, right? His name is Sterling, Sterling Ledbetter down from Maryland. He ended up going to um, the University of Maryland. He ended up going to the University of Maryland, and um, I think he ended up playing overseas, but he was one of the, the uh, best players down in Maryland at the time. And we was going back and forth, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, point guard, really good i was the man on my team and the crowd just it was in laurel, laurel maryland the crowd just got into it and we started having a big ruckus and and a fight you know it was but you know it's all love all this fear in basketball man like i'm used to it like i said I, this, that's the environment i'm used to you know it's just that like i said it could be a word that just could trigger somebody just like that so that's why i said you know just just be be respectful you know yeah yeah, definitely. New Yorkers should know better than that too, man. You know, we we you know we've been through a lot. It's like you know, like like you made you made that point too. Is like a lot of people haven't been out. Like to tell you the truth, like like I, I, I you didn't go to the Knicks Omni fan event they had the other day. You know, because yeah. they, they, they were asking me asking me about you. Said, listen, I don't know the way it's at. No, maybe, you gotta, no they, maybe you gotta work or something. I don't know. No, no but they, they were asking for you though. Yeah, they told me um like three four hours before the event. Like, oh, sorry for the late. I'm like, dang, three four hours. Maybe you would have told me the day before. You know, so they told me like it was in um, it was in Brooklyn, right, by the Barclays. No, no, it, it was like it, oh, Williamsburg, that? Williamsburg. Yeah, like Williamsburg. Yeah, Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah. They had told me about it, but I, unfortunately, it was too late. I wasn't able to make it. But I'll be at the next one, man. Man, it's always fun going out with you guys and everything like that. I enjoy it. Yeah, but what I was gonna say, like the pictures that they took. If you if you look at me in the pictures, man, I gained a lot of I gained a lot of weight <laughs> since the last time you see me, man. Yo, the last time you saw me. I was I was um still trying to um qualify for the New York City Marathon, so I was like two hundred pounds, and mm -hmm. I was going down. You know, mm -hmm. see now I, I got to be like two thirty now, man. Two thirty? Yeah, two thirty, bro. I, this this on COVID shit, man, was was horrible this year for me, man. Me and you both, Grant. I gained a lot. Of, I got I gained a lot of weight since then too. Right now, actually, I'm about to go back on because uh, you know there's a keto diet where you don't eat no sugar, no carbs, or anything like that. Yeah. And, and I went on it. You know, I was two twenty five. That's the biggest I've ever been. You know, my you know what's so crazy. My whole playing career, 
I wanted to get to this weight, right? Because I've been I've been two hundred pounds ever, since you know being active playing basketball. I'd be like, Dad, I, I want to get to like two fifteen, two twenty, like around Kobe Bryant size. Like that's a good size for a basketball player. Now I'm two twenty five. I'm like, Nah, man, this is fat. This ain't muscle. I gotta get. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get rid of this. You know, I want to I want to get rid of it and then retrain my body for it to be muscle and not and not fat. You know. Yeah, easier said than done, though. Oh, speaking, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of which, you got um, Julius Randle. I don't know how Julius Randle um, keeps his weight. That dude is still, you know, seventy plus games into the season. That guy's still got got his size. So how do how do how do you maintain that with that size? You know, doing all that cardio and stuff like that. How does that how does that work? I think it's with his diet. I think it's with his diet, and you know, he probably has a low body body fat percentage. And, you know, and and a lot of those guys in the NBA, they have chefs, man. Not, they're not like us, man. They got personal chef. They know how to make the the perfect meal that's got low carbs and it's very healthy, but it tastes delicious. You know how we have sugar cravings and we want to have donuts and stuff like that? <laughs> Oreos, you know, with, with, in the NBA, they know how to make a healthy meal that tastes good. Like, you know, so when they have cravings, they crave he healthy stuff, you know? And you take it take it serious like that, man. Um, even Michael Porter Jr. I heard ever since he came into the NBA, he was like a, a, a raw vegan. Raw vegan is just basically plant based. He don't eat no meat at all. Yeah. So you know, yeah. If he's raw vegan, they don't even cook their food. Yeah, you know, he just you know just pull it off the train. To, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like if your lawn looking fucked up, just invite him over. You know, like go 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 out on the back and trim the hedges, son. <laughs> right, man. But yeah. So speaking about Julius Randle, I mean, yeah, his body looked good. So what what do you think about his first playoff game in Madison Square Garden? Do you what you what you think uh, about his performance? Well, be before I shit on him, I gotta <laughs> congratulate him for for having the um the most improved player. He got the most improved player like a few minutes ago, whatever. Ooh, let's go, yeah. Julius! Yeah, okay. he deserves it. Hopefully, that motivates him to come out game two. But before you start, I just want to say one thing about Julius Randle. All right, he's had bad games this year, but I want to give him credit. Every time he has a bad game, he comes out and kills the next game. So let's see if he can do that for game two. You go ahead. What you have to say about his game? Well, for, for one, I just, I just think that I think the crowd might have shocked them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? There's so much people in the, in, the, in the garden. Everybody was going crazy, yelling and screaming. So I think that might have initially shocked them. So, like, like um, you know, to, to even, like, segue to that, Obi Toppin and um, what's the name? Quickly. I feel like they were galvanized by by, by the sounds. Like, like um, Quickly, not Quickly, um, Toppin comes from the street ball thing. His dad was a big, yeah, big time street ball player, a Brooklyn dude. So he he was brought up into that thing. So I think the crowd, you know, because it's not really the way that he was playing necessarily, but it was the look in his eye. You know, saying that like to Obi Toppin had the eye of the tiger. I wish he would have played a little bit more because um, you know, Randall just didn't have it on, on last game. But you know, I, I just I just think that maybe maybe a shell shot, the pressure, you know, everything it might have been overwhelming for him all in that one shot in that one game. So I mean, like like you said, I think Julius Randle definitely is gonna bounce back, man. He's he's done it all year, man. So you know that that's all that's all I can really say about him. Right, right. I'm surprised about that because like even in college, uh, I played against University of Kentucky, and I mean I never played in an actual NBA game, but when we played against the University of Kentucky, that it was the closest thing for me to an NBA game. The fans was crazy, you know. So I don't know what's the biggest game he ever played in, in Kentucky, but. I mean, he came from the Lakers, you know, so he played at University of Kentucky. So you surprised that it was a shock. But maybe you know what it was? The pressure of the the fans and being the number one guy, you know, being the being yeah. the number one guy. He he felt the pressure like, all right, this is what I wanted. This is what Kobe Bryant has been telling me about on the Lakers. It's time to perform. And you know what's so crazy? 
he averaged about 38 points against John Collins. I was expecting him to destroy him that game, you know? He's been destroying him all year. Guarantee you he's going to come out and destroy him game two. Hopefully, hopefully he does that. Well, that's really it. I mean, what was he like, six for twenty-three or something like that? You yeah, know, if, yeah. if he if he he didn't have to, he didn't have to get over fifty, but if he just stayed like at, at his league at his average, maybe like maybe even getting to the forty percent is whatever. We we would have won the game. Yeah, you know, it would have just been different. But um, you know, I I want to say too, man, people were making fun of him because he had just got his hair braided, so mm -hmm. maybe it, the, the braids are too tight. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm saying he had a little headache. You know, what I'm saying because I, I used to have. You, you ever had braids? Yes, when I was in. When I was in high school, I actually had braids. And actually, I don't see how basketball players actually have braids. Because when I used to have braids, because you play so much basketball, I would have to get my hair redone like every two days. You know, because yeah. you sweat and it gets messed up and then you got to retighten it. So I used to, yeah, I used to get my hair done every two, two days. And it's, I just got frustrated. I finally just said, you know what? Braids and basketball don't go together. So I just cut it off, you know? Yeah, I used, I used to have braids back in the days too. I want, I want to say like maybe like the early two thousands or whatever. But mm -hmm. the, the same the same thing. I, I used to braid it, but um, you know, my it was my son's mother. She she used to um braid it in those the micro braids and then braid the micro braids on top of that. You know, so I, I have, yeah, I mean that's like the worst. But she she used to do it that way because like this um the, the regular way she used to have like you said you get like the build up in there from from whatever from just mm -hmm. from playing. I used to, at the time I was playing a lot. I was playing right. a, lot, a lot of street ball. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you, you try to do whatever, man, but it's, it's definitely not not the best hairstyle to, to have. I guess that's why everybody does box braids now. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a little little different. Yeah, box braids is a little bit better. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because, yeah, like just straight corn rolls are like the Allen Iverson braids. You know, it gets sweaty in there. It, you know, after a while, it starts. Like, there were some guys I used to play with. I used to be like, bro, that's your hair. Come on, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that, that's why you, you brought up Alvin Iverson. His mom used to braid his hair at the game. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah. that's that's how it would be. You got you got to you gotta maintain that stuff, man. So, it's, you know, maybe, maybe it was just like a, a whole thing with all of that, man, that just was like a perfect storm of him just not playing well. Right. And um, to, to segue from uh, Julius Randle, this has to do with culture strategy also. We just said that he had a bad game. Um, I think a part of that game was on Tom Thibodeau. Don't you think a couple his strategies that he made, let's say the last game shot, um, you had Alex Burke, one of the hottest players during that game. And why would he be inbounding the ball with 0.9 seconds left? Even if you're, even if you're not going to give him the ball, the defense knows, oh, he's inbounding the ball. There's no way he's going to take the shot. You could have used him as a decoy. You see what I'm saying? You have him come to the ball have players run to him because they know he's been on fire all game. Then you have some off-ball screens and kick the ball that way. Even the pass, 0.9 seconds, why did you think Julius Randle coming up to the key to throw it high in the air would be a good pass? Now he's got to catch it, turn around, find the basket. Like, that whole play was just terrible. Like, you know, you had Alex Burst inbounding the ball, Julius Randle coming to the ball, it's back to the basket. You know, then you float the pass, then he's doing a fadeaway. That was just terrible. The play before that, you bring Frank off the bench. He hasn't played. He played like 30 seconds the whole game. You try to tell, all right, this guy's been killing us all game. Get off the bench and go get us a stop, buddy. Like, come on, I play professional basketball. There's no way. Like, like you, like you, I seen you on um, Die Hard Knicks, uh, not Die Hard Knicks podcast, on uh, nothing but Knicks. You even said, like, sitting down doing your podcast, you get up, like, you, you all tight and everything. Like, what you think? I'm going to just get up and lock him up, like, after he's already hot. You know, so that that was another thing, and then, then also um, the tr the the pick and roll defense. I would say I noticed that they should they need to force Trey Young to the left off the pick and roll. Like you got to funnel him to one side, his weak hand, and then trap him and make somebody else make a play. Like he's not he's not as efficient as going to the left. 
Because if you notice, when he goes to the left, one play he did a crossover on a fast break on R.J. Barrett, and he was going to the left. He just basically threw his shoulder to, into R.J. Barrett and tried to get an a, a one, you know? So it's, it's a little bit harder making that floater shot go into your weak hand because now you got to go across your body. So it's, so it's a little harder shot than when you go into the right straight to the basket. So I feel like off the pick and roll, they need to, they need to force him to the left when they can and also trap him and, get, and let somebody else, you know, uh, beat, beat them. You know, but the but the plays, I think nah, I don't want to say, but I feel like Nate McMillan, I, I coached Tom Thibodeau in that game. What, what would you say? I mean, don't don't sugarcoat it, man. That, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. You, know, you see, that, that's the thing. I, I feel like anybody that watched the game, because a lot of people they want to talk about Alfred Payton and all this other stuff. That's mm-hmm. nothing to do with the game. If you watch nothing but Knicks, we we sat and argued about about Alfred Payton from for the majority of the show. It's like mm-hmm. yo, Alfred Payton played eight minutes, yo, and then right. we're gonna talk about oh, we should have played Frank more. Frank came in the game twice and played 30 seconds. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was trying to keep it down because it's not my show. You know, because on, on my show, I was going ballistic. I don't know if you saw saw my reactions on the thing. I was going <laughs> crazy. I couldn't I, – like, it, it was just it, – it was, like, amateurish. Somebody that, that's supposed to be, like, uh, the upper echelon of coaches and stuff like that, the way that he called the game. And he had a whole week to prepare. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So and and also too, like like you're talking about, um, you know, making them go one way on a pick and roll and stuff like that. These yeah. are different things that we did throughout the year. So I, I don't I don't understand what the game plan was. Like like how did they come up with with this with this um scheme? Did they play? Because I I felt like they were just letting trade just do whatever. And then mm-hmm. um on on the shooters, they they um they weren't staying down on the shooters. So I mean, if you're gonna let Trey Young do do what he does. You got to at least stay down with your shooters. So I feel like the Knicks were just all over the place. But even though we were all over the place everywhere, you know, Tom Thibodeau and whatever, we still almost beat them. And so exactly, yeah, exactly. Like uh, like you saying, like we wasn't staying down with the shooters. But I, one, I, I looked at. I wish I could break it down right here for you. One of uh, the one of the main plays that the uh, Hawks was running off the pick and roll. But it was it was a brilliant play because let's say you got Trey Young on the top of the key, right? So as Trey Young's on the top of the key, he wants to go right because that's his strong hand. So click Compella, he comes up and he sets the screen for Trey Young. Trey Young is going right. After click Compella sets the screen, you have uh, what's the guy named Hunt? De- is it DeAndre Hunter? What's it? Yeah. What's his first? DeAndre. DeAndre. Hunter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he after Compella sets the screen for Trey Young going to his right to the basket, Hunter comes up and he sets a back screen for click Compella. So now while Trey Young is going to the basket, he can easily Throw the alley to click Capella. He could throw the floater, or over the over the back screen. You have um, Hunter popping up at the top of the key for the three, and you have uh, Badanovich in the corner for a three. So if RJ Barrett is guarding Badanovich and he sees Click Capella open for the alley, he's gonna shift over to stop the alley. But now Trey Young could throw it to Badanovich for the three. Yeah. There's so many options. It's, it's a great play. I'm saying the the, the, the the set that they run is great because you they they just give the ball to Trey Young and say, listen, you want to throw the floor, you can finish it. You got Kit Capella on the alley, you got Hunter behind you for the three, or you got Badanovich in the corner. So you have like four or five options that, depending on how you play the defense, you know, Trey Young, you know, in college he averaged like 15 assists, so he he sees the floor. It's hard to stop it. So that's why I say it's like you got to actually trap him and get the ball out of his hands and make somebody else to playmaker, you know, because he's a, he's a smart kid. Like, you know, yes, he could shoot. Yes, he has a flow to game, but he's a smart kid. We can't let him have all those different options. That's too many options for him to have, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. That um that that pick you're talking about, they usually it's usually a really high pick, right? Yeah. So at, once they make that pick, whoever whoever gets picked is just gone out the play. Now you're playing five on four. You right. know what I'm saying? Then the set. Then once he gets the second screen, now you're basically playing like one on one. You know, now now you now you're basically playing what like like uh, five on on three now. You know what I'm saying? So right. They they really they really good. They re definitely are really good at that. A couple times um you know, well in in previous games too, like like Derrick Rose was just completely out the play, you know, like he's chasing the play. He's not guarding anybody. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So my, my, my thing, my thing with that, all, all of that is, is that we had a whole week to prepare for that. We already right. know what they were going to do. So, if, so if, if they, if we get caught in, in that whole scheme or whatever, it, this should have, this should have been like, okay, once you out the play, you need to go here. You know, you need to cover this person. Well, you know, there needs to be a better, a better defensive rotation. If you know, they're going to do that. But like, like you said, also too, you got to get the ball out of his hands. So, um, th this is one thing that, that the Knicks didn't do all game that they've they've been doing all year. They've been sending two guys, you mm -hmm. know, um, to 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 stop the ball. If, if a guy comes in the paint, they'll send two guys there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then they've always been able to recover to get to the shooters and, and you know or whatever, man. So they they didn't do that all game. So you know, as as I'm watching, I, I had stayed with me, whatever, man. I'm like I'm like, you know, salivating because it's like, what are we doing? You know, it's like we, we're not doing anything that we that we did to get us here, you know, and and we had a week to prepare. So it's like it's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's game one, but you know what I'm saying. That's the great thing about the playoffs is you ha you have four chances, you know, to get it to get it right. You know, so at the end of the day, um, they you look at the game film. I hope Tom Thibodeau is not only showing them what Trey Young said said at the end of the game. I hope he's actually showing them, you know, the mistakes they made defensively, and he come up with a better strategy. I wonder if, like, you know, was it on the strategy or was it on the players not listening? You know, sometimes the coach, you can have the right strategy, but the, you know, the, the, the players are not making the right rotations. So hopefully, you know, he comes out with a better strategy and the players actually listen this game and um, we get the rotations down right. But we, like I said, like we can't play him the same. We can't definitely cannot play him the same way we did the first game. But like you said, even though we played him that way in the beginning of the game, we really had no offense. Be honest, the whole first quarter, we can buy a bucket to, to, to go down to the wire with them, you know. It's, it's, it's a great thing. I think um, quickly should have got a little bit more minutes. If I would change it, look like quickly, you know, he, he extends the floor. He could shoot from deep. You know, he's always a threat. I think, you know, there was times they played the three uh, guard rotation with quickly Burks and, and Rose. Um, I think they should do that more, man, because they give you a, a different ways to attack the defense. You know, with Reggie Bullock, he's kind of like one dimensional. He's either a three or a pump fake and pull up for the mid range. He's not. He's really not creating for other people. When he gets the ball, and what's this thing with with, with Julius Randle and Reggie Bullock? I swear they got like a best friend thing going on. <laughs> Yo, every time Julius Randle has the ball, if he don't shoot, it's like he's looking for where's Reggie Bullock? Where's Reggie Bullock? Hey, you go Reggie. Like that's his best friend or whatever. Like you know. Yeah. But, um, but like I said, he probably was mad Reggie Bullock wasn't in the game in the fourth quarter. That's why he was playing so bad. <laughs> Like his, his best friends, right? What gonna do without my best friend? <laughs> but you, you know the the way they play too. They they usually try to keep um you know Bullock like right basically right to his to his um to his left. Right. Yeah. You know, Arj Arj is usually all the way at the bottom of the, of the corner waiting waiting for the corner three. So I mean, like I feel like all of that stuff that, that we talking about, they uh, we, they just didn't play that way. So you know they, they they got enough enough time to get it to get it together. But um like you know. Like I was gonna ask you, like let's say you know, like the, the coach laid the egg, you know, the players laid the egg, and whatever. Have you ever had a situation, especially when the stakes high like this, where everybody turns on each other in the locker room? You know, like the coaches, everybody just like everybody just losing it. Everybody just losing it. Um, 
let me try to think. Not, not, not really, because as the team captain, it's your job. You know, when you see people start fussing and arguing with each other, you, you're supposed to bring everybody together as the team captain. That's why they chose you to be the team captain. You tell everybody, listen, calm down. You know, it's only one game. Or, you know, all we got to do is make the right adjustments. Like, once we start going against each other, you know, then we don't have no unity. Once you have no unity on the basketball court, you already lost the game. So you're kind of defeated, defeated before you even step on the court. So once you're in that locker room, you have to be as one. And they said all year long, yo, this is one of the best teams I've been on as far as unity. Everybody's together. Everybody, that's one of the things they've been preaching, that, that the New York Knicks team organization, everybody's for each other and they sacrifice for each other. So I highly doubt that they, um, especially only losing my two points, I, right. highly doubt, I highly doubt that they was against, they, they, were, they fell apart in the locker room, they was against each other. They probably figured like, listen, bro, it was game one, it was a little shell shock for us. We still only lost by two. Game two, let's 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 stop on a throw and let's let's. I want to see a blowout. You know, one of the things that I don't like. You know, I'm, the Knicks did win. You know, a, a lot of their last ten games, but I didn't like that. Sometimes they really couldn't put that hill in somebody's throat and end the game. They always be the team will come back. Like the Knicks will be up by fifteen. The team will come back, go into overtime. The Knicks will end up with win my three. Am I happy with the victory? Yes, but I would have rather you kill them while they down. You know, don't, don't let them rise from the dead like the walking dead. You know what I'm saying? Put a bullet in their head and finish them, you know? Excuse the graphic, you know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, this, this is a graphic show, man. <laughs> but, you know, people say a, cra- a bunch of crazy stuff from when they come on here, man. But, you know, um, what I was going to say, like, the just, um, like, uh, I, I, I want to blow gonna, out. Yeah, I want to blow I, I want to I want to blow too, man. But you know, th- there's a couple things like, like you said, like like um, still in the will and just banging guys. Like in the beginning of the year, I, I guess I guess maybe it's more because of uh, Mitchell Robinson. But mm-hmm. they they used to run a play where um, where they would set a pick. You know, they would set a pick like around like around the free throw line, and then they would send the guy left. The mm-hmm. guy is usually RJ or or Randall because both of them are good with their left hand. So they right. would send him left, and I guess Mitch was the guy that kept um, you know, kept the the play you know um honest because they everybody wants to throw that alley oop to to Mitch. But usually it, it was a layup, you know. They, they it was either RJ getting layup or or, or um a rim. They don't they don't run that play no more, right? You know, right, right. And you know what? Speaking on that, you know what's so crazy about you saying that is that, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like fans will say, "Oh well, we're doing so great without Mitch because look at Noel, he's getting the same amount of blocks." But that's one thing I did notice though. The difference between Mitchell Robinson and Noel is that we don't get those alley oops as much. So whatever Mitch is doing on the court, whatever he he comes off the pick a little bit different than Noel. He 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 gives you that option and throw the alley. Some I don't know if you know Noel doesn't know how to come off the screen correctly, like the right way, or if maybe it's a little a delayed reaction. Instead of once once you get screened, instead of going right away, you wait that little half a second, and that little half a second will get you you know that the alley oop. You know what I'm saying? And I noticed we don't we don't get that alley oop as much with Noel like we used to get with Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, it might have to do with his um, physicality too, because um, yeah. Nerlens Noel he gets a lot of blocks and, and things of that nature, but it's really just like not, I can't really say finesse, but it really just the, um the, his quickness. You know, right. he'll, he'll get to the spot. You know what right. I'm saying? But but uh, a lot of times Mitchell Robinson he's he's strong actually, and, mm-hmm. and you know more physical than wasn't he? So a lot of those alley-oops he was catching was there was always somebody underneath him. You know, and then he would get either get the re- jump up, get the rebound, bring it back, and go back up for a dunk. So we just we just don't have that that dynamic anymore. So. Right. That's 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 interesting, man. But I mean, it's a thing too. Like that 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 nine game winning streak also kind of might have killed us too, because somewhere along there, when we was winning those games, we turned into uh uh you know a two one five team. 
you know, when we get down to the last seconds of the game and Tom Thibodeau stops calling plays, they stop moving the ball, and then it's just Julius Randle in his office or um, or Derrick Rose in, in his office or uh, what's the name if, if whenever he's healthy, um, Alec Burke in his office, you know? Right. Playing the hero ball. Right, right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I would like to see a little bit um, – like because like you said, Tom Thibodeau is uh, a, mostly known as a defensive coach. So I would like to see the assistant step up and run some better plays. Like, you know what, Julius Randle had a bad game. The first game, second game. Let's get some some um down screens for him to get him wide open shots. Not let's not give him the ball and have him get in his Carmelo back. He doesn't always got to get his Carmelo back and jab step, jab step, one dribble to the right, pull up, fade away, left from the corner. How about you said two? You said Noel and you sent Bullock down there. Set a double screen. He come up the screen and now he's wide open mid range and he hit a couple of shots like that. Run some plays to get these players open instead of just saying like you know what, set the pick. We want to. It seems like they do this a lot. Set the pick. We want a mismatch for Julius Randle. Let's try to get one of the smaller players on him, and then give him the ball and let him do his thing. That's that's not team basketball, like you say. Like you know, it's just yeah. like let's. You try to get a bucket. If you can't get it, then you kick it out. You know. I think we need to run better offense than that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> also, too, the like the op, the opposing defense, they kind of want the little guy on 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 RJ. I'm not RJ on Julius because they flopping. Right. You know, this as soon as um. Julius Randle makes a move that they're, they're immediately throwing themselves back, trying to get that offensive foul or whatever. Right, right. You know, yeah, I, I'm gonna bring you back to to the Lakers game because I mean the the Lakers game. You know, we we lost the game, whatever. But mm -hmm. um, we it was at a point where we were bullying them, but you know they were tired. Anthony Davis was tired. Everybody was tired. Right. But I don't. But you know they just started. They stopped. They stopped playing the one on one shit and they started moving the ball. And they they actually that's how they got back in the game, moving the ball. And then at the moment when when you needed. Anthony Davis to get it like that little you know little easy jump you know little play that he made he'll make it you know what I'm saying and then um they they they, they lost by the three pointer by by um what's the guy um uh, Horton whatever his name is the um the guy that was covering for the for point guard he he um he hit the game winning three pointer but um you know it, it happened because you know th they were able to to um to get their energy back just by moving the ball and then the Knicks the Knicks um continuously lose their energy by stopping stopping the ball you know right. R J Barrett needs the ball to move. You know, um, Richard Bullock needs the ball to move. All these different guys need the ball to move, and uh, I feel like that's something that is definitely missing from what we're trying to do. Right, and if you're gonna, and, and, and like you said, we're gonna move the ball. You need to move the ball, right? But if you're gonna do that one-on-one -on -one offense, why not go at that player that's actually killing you? So if you're yeah. gonna set, if you're gonna set a screen to get a mismatch, make sure it's Trey Young that's guarding the player that you're trying to get the ball to, right? Since get him tired on the defensive end. Set a screen and let RJ Barrett get the ball with Trey Young on him in the post. So now, you know, that's that's another way to how you stop offensive plays. You don't only uh, send your defenders at him on the defensive end. You attack him on the offensive end. Get Trey Young out of the game. He can't guard RJ Barrett. Set the screen. Get, let RJ Barrett get in the post. And either they're going to have to foul or keep giving up bat keep giving up easy baskets. So if you're going to do one-on-one -on -one stuff, let it be with, you know, this is the best threat they have on offense. Let's eliminate that threat. Yeah, absolutely, and then make them feel a pick, right? You know, I feel like I feel like the Knicks, you know, they're giving they're doing the pick and roll a little bit, but I feel like they just kind of just giving a nice little pick, you know, just to run the offense. Like if that pick is coming, you need to annihilate him. You know, what I'm saying like like um, you got to make him make him so tired at the end of the game that he can't, um, that he don't even have enough energy to put his finger up to do like that. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, and who knows? Maybe go a little old school basketball. Like I want to say, what's that guy's name? Um, is it Powell? Nah, it's um Pell. Pell, Pell. <laughs> yeah. right. I will bring him in the game and say, "Yo, the first floater that that uh 
Trey Young comes down and do just act like just go for the block, but land on top of him. Just show you, you know what I'm saying? You know what? And let him feel it. Like, listen, you ain't gonna be coming down here and doing that this game, you know. Don't, don't, don't do a flagger foul, but you know, you know, give him a little extra umph. Like, all right, that's for New York, that's for the New York fan base. You 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 want to talk crap? We, we we're not here to play this game. This ain't gonna be game one. Just know that you ain't gonna be lollygagging down the paint and throwing up floaters and getting easy layups, you know. And that's yeah. not, that's one thing. Like you said, uh, Alfred Payton only played about eight minutes. That's because he couldn't stand for the Trayon. Trayon was blown by him every play. So it was just like, it's like Alfred Payton wanted to go to the bench. It was just like, you know, so they should have put in, a, if they if you're going to use Frank, you might as well use him right away. There's no point of putting him in with three seconds left in the, in the first half, 10 seconds left in the, at the end of the game. If you're going to use him, if not, then you got to try somebody else. You got to try Alex Burks on him, Some, something, you know. But yeah. like I said, man, go ahead, attack him on offense, and then trap him, trap him on the, on the defensive end. Hopefully, the Knicks will do that, man. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm excited for game two. How you feel about game two? I'm excited too, man. But like, like you were saying with Pell, man, if Pell comes in the game, this is what's gonna happen. You already know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You already know. As soon as you see Pell, you already know that that somebody, somebody's gonna get hurt. You know? <laughs> Because that's what all the great coaches did, like Phil Jackson. Remember JoJo JoJo White when English, uh, when uh, Derek, uh, Derek Harbour flipped him to the crowd? JoJo English. JoJo English. Yeah. JoJo so shout English. out to JoJo White. He was a player too, right? Yeah, yeah. But JoJo English, I remember, because um, uh, I had an episode with um, one of the guys that wrote the book about the '90s Knicks. Okay. Was, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he had said that uh, you know Derek Harbour felt bad what happened that game, but he was just like, yo, the guy was just testing me. Like he he never got any burn. He came into the game and he was just all in my face, like, "Yeah, what you gonna do? Like, what you gonna do? Like, exactly." <laughs> and he was just like, "Yo, I got it." He, he said, "Where I'm from, you keep coming to somebody's face and saying like, what you gonna do about it? That's that means you going you want to fight." So I, I, I had, to, I just grabbed him up and just, you know, <laughs> just threw him. <laughs> yeah, he, he was also he was gonna pull his jersey over his head and shit. It's like, damn. Yeah. So. I'm not saying for Pell to come in the game and cause trouble, but just let them feel like a lot of times, you know, like I'm saying, I know they're saying the NBA is soft now. You really can't do what, like, what you used to do back in the 90s and the early 2000s, but you still got to make them feel. You can't have people coming to the lane and thinking it's easy. Like, you know, I don't care who it is. I don't care, you know, if it's Julius Randle. I don't care if it's LeBron James. I don't care if it's Trey Young, Steph Curry. You got to let them know, like, listen, man, you come down here. We're gonna get physical. We want to get physical with you. We want you to think twice about coming to the paint. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just just basic. You know, it doesn't have to get violent and stuff, but just you know, make a make a feel the pick, and then, and then just like you know, like, like easy switch. Get somebody to switch. Somebody big to switch on them and just punish them. Right. It's, it's it's so it's so elementary and elementary to me that um you know everybody's talking about it. You look at everybody's show. Everybody's calling and saying they need to do that. So everybody's seeing it. Then the Knicks got to see it, man. So. I'm really anxious to see how Tom Thibodeau approaches this, this next game. How, I mean, how would you how would you approach it? What, what would be like? Um, what would be something that 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 um that you would try to do? You know. Well, besides what I told you about the trapping on the, on the pick and roll and forcing Trey Young to his left, yeah. um, I would say, listen, man, I, 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 the rotations has definitely got to change. Like, hopefully, we don't get out to a slow start, but I'll be I'll be quicker. I, I I'll be quicker with myself this game. If the start, if he's gonna go with Alfred Payton, this game he's gonna go with the same starting lineup. <laughs> that's that's Alfred Payton right there. <laughs> if he's gonna go with the same starting lineup, listen, boy, you got two or three minutes to show me something, and then I'm putting the because the bench actually outplayed our starters that game, you know. So look for him to have a quick trigger this game. Listen, like you know what, 
if you guys ain't got it this game, because there was a, a long period of time where Julius Randle was on the bench. I was actually surprised. He yeah. was on a, and Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin was playing good in the first half. Hit some threes. He had that dunk. Like he, like you said, he he did really good. Quickly looked good. Burks looked good. Derrick Rose was taking over. So, you know, I think when it comes to benches, that's one thing that we have better than we have a better bench. I think they bench besides uh, what's his name, Herder and Lou Williams. Yeah, yeah Herder and Lou Williams. Besides those two, I think we're, we're deeper than the Knicks. I know Charles Barkley like to say, oh, when you look at the eye test. The Hawks have a better team. They have better players than the Knicks. But then why is our bench outscoring them by so much if they have better players than us? You know, yeah. they have they might have the more dominant superstar for game one, but I don't think their all-around players are better than ours. Because you like I said, we still got Burks, we still got Derrick Rose, we still got Quickly. Quickly is still on the rise, you know. So um Obi Toppin, I won't mention him quite yet because that was one game. He has to show us that he's consistent with doing that before I put his name in there. But like I said, at the end of the game, I say our closers, the people that you can trust the most on the Knicks, Alex Burks. Of course, you're going to go with Julius Randle, Derrick Rose, and, and quickly. I think that's our main, that's our main, that's our main scores on the Knicks. Yeah. You know? And oh, if, if, he, if he's RJ Barrett, I forgot. And also RJ Barrett. I forgot about RJ Barrett. Right, you know, if also too, if you're gonna be, um, you know, uh, situational, you know, bringing in Frank for certain things, then then you got you gotta um, cause like like you said, you play you play ball, and every everybody's played ball, man. You you can't just come into the game and then all of a sudden, you know, I need a three, so let me get my best three point shooter to come in there so he can hit the three. Nobody could, nobody's gonna do that, and you know, Reggie Reggie Miller's not walking through that door. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. you know, they, they just gotta definitely do a better a better job um just getting the guys you know assimilated to the game more. And then listen, we we, we got the we got the depth. So, like you said, just um, there shouldn't be um, like this holdup to put guys in the game. You know, just hurry up and take them out the game because we have so much depth that if, if um Derek Rose um gets a little bit overspent, we could put um Frank in there now for the situational maybe minute or two. You know, what I'm right. saying not just put him in there for thirty seconds, twenty seconds, whatever. You know, or Alfred Payton. If you're gonna if you're gonna have him, at least at least put him back in. You know, to to spell a certain guy. If if you, if you're gonna call his number a little early, you know what I'm saying. And then like we we got Alec Burke, we got um um quickly. You know, quickly's minutes could, could rise a little bit, so we have a lot of lot of options. And um, you know, you know, I'm saying all this to say but is that um, a lot of a lot of fans, like including like Charles Barkley, don't forget Shaq. You know, mm -hmm. th these guys, these guys, they're they're speaking from imagination. You know, I I, I get I, I get in arguments with guys on Twitter. I don't try I try not to do that anymore. But um, but guys, they they talked about basketball in in their imagination. You know, they said, oh, the Knicks need a shooter. Knicks need a shooter. Knicks got like four or five guys that, that shoot forty percent from three. Like, like, what are you? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, the Knicks need to get a, a better bench score. Yeah, we got look. Look at what happened yesterday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, oh, um, Julius Randle can't do this, can't do that. He's the most improved player. You know, MVP candidate probably. You know, he's he's gonna be like probably second or third All NBA. So you know, people talk from their from their imagination. Don't really know what's what's happening, man. So you know, that's why that's why I enjoy talking. You know, to you and um and uh, a couple of other guys, man, because you guys actually know what the hell you're talking about. And right. People need to know that. And you know what's so promising? I I just thought about this is that you could literally say that Julius Randle laid an egg, and we lost by two points. So, like he had one of his worst games of the year, right? Missing everything, not hitting his step back fadeaway, and we and and his teammates picked him up and got us to a game winning shot within one shot of us winning the game. So now all he got to do is do 25% better than what he did in the first game. And, and hopefully the bench will still be there. 
and we and we can win it. Like I expect him to have a have a way better game than he did the first game. And uh, it, I wouldn't look at it as a bad thing. I would look at it. Listen, our star player had a terrible game, and we only lost by two points. Yeah, but yo, nobody's saying that. Nobody said. I, I, I've been watching. I've been watching, just seeing what guys are saying. Nobody's saying that. Even even like the um the talking heads on TV. Nobody's saying that. It's all this other bullshit that, that this had nothing to do with what really happened in the game. Right. It came down to a two point game. Uh, our best player had a bad game, and that was it. That was really it. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So look out for that, man. Um, what's up with you, though? And, and, and are you going to be able to make any games, or are you just going to be watching from like television? Well, you know, I talked about it a little bit on one of the shows. Is that I, I, I just it gives me a bad taste in my mouth that that um you know right all of a sudden the playoffs came now all of a sudden hey um we only was letting two thousand fans in before now let's let fifteen thousand you know in the next week you know what I'm saying so I, I really don't like that because you know it, it it's just all about money you know I th- I thought it was all about our health and safety now you know oh we got all all these cheap cheaper seats for vaccinated people everybody's giving away free stuff um. Uh, french fries and and uber rides and all kind of stuff you know just to get people to to um get vaccinated and then now we in there all of a sudden it's healthy for like you know ten thousand fans to be on top of each other like this you know you know that yeah. no no changes i just don't i just don't want to be a part of that whole experiment you know you're absolutely right and i'm and i'm and i said i didn't i my last episode that i brought up i didn't want to get into it too but i like i wanted to go to the game right but i was a little discouraged and i was a little upset because i was looking at tickets with my wife and it was like all of a sudden, yes, you have more fans, but now like 80 to 90% of the tickets are for vaccinated people. So now you're trying to exclude the people that, you never know if people have a religious belief why they don't want to get vaccinated or whatever they reason, they have their own reasons why they might not want to do it. So it's kind of like, now if I want to see this, I got to choose between my health and the Knicks if I want to see the Knicks play, then for, you know what, forget the Knicks, I'll stay, I'll stay at home. I just don't like stuff like that. I don't like you saying like if you get vaccinated, you get free this, you get free that, you free that, but you don't know what people reason off to not get vaccinated. So you shouldn't feel we shouldn't feel alienated just because we made a choice about our health, about sticking something foreign into our body that we don't want to do, you know? Yeah, you gotta stick to your principles, man. Everybody, you know, that's that's what it comes down to. So, you know, it, it, you know, what what's funny, just just aside from basketball, just in life in general. They're going to be making everybody do it, man. If you want to get on the plane and say, hey, you got to get vaccinated. You know, if you want to do this, you know, I, I, I'm actually um, signed up for the, because, um, you know, I, I had qualified for the 2020 marathon. So they mm-hmm. canceled it, of course, because of the virus and stuff. But now in 2021, they opened it up, opened back up. And I put my put my name back in, into the lottery. And now I'm in, in it this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if that next email, yeah, congratulations, you know, <laughs> stick this um, shot up your ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, if you don't if you don't do that, then then you can't run the race. So I could, I, you know, so they're gonna put you in a, between a rock and a hard place, and then you're gonna have to make that decision. Right. You know, I, I, you know, it's just just it's just really bad. I just, don't, I just don't like it, man. I just I just don't like that feeling. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's on, it's on, it's it's unfortunate, but you you think they ever gonna forget about this whole vaccination thing? Like, you know, 2022 is gonna be like, you know what? Everybody by now, you know, herd mentality. Everybody. The, the, should be uh, immune to the whole coronavirus thing by by now, or you think it's always going to be that's that's how it is. We're going to live our life to you got to show your vac. If you don't show your vaccination card, you can't enter. Yeah, that that sounds like oh, where's your papers? Where's your papers? You know, what I'm saying you're gonna get you're gonna get um like deported if you don't got the right the right paperwork. You know, it, it gets into like a real slippery slope, man. But 
you know, I mean, like the de Blasio already said, oh, school's going to be open for September. How do you know? <laughs> you know, right? You know, they, they're always talking about, oh, there's going to be another wave, another wave, another wave. There could be another wave. How do you know? You know what I'm saying? So it, it just bugged out. All, all of a sudden, summertime, everything is better. And then wintertime, you know. So, I mean, it's it's just a crazy, crazy story, man, you know. Right. Right, man. I mean, it is what it is. But um, any any final thoughts you want to say about the the Knicks? Uh, not so much about the Knicks, you know, because, I mean, you know, we, we, we're talking about it. So th these guys, they got to be having that conversation, too, the same conversation mm -hmm. we're having. So I, I think they're going to take care of business. You know, um, I, in my heart, in my heart, I want to say that they, they're going to win the next four games because, <laughs> you know, because I, I don't think I don't think the Atlanta Hawks have a player that could really stop us like that aside from Trey Burke. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if we really lock Trey, down and play, he, he meant to say Trey Young, guys. Yeah, Trey Young, man. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you, you already know the vibes already with that. Man. But I, you know, I, I just feel like that we just we just a better team, and we should be able to take care of them, man. So that, that that's that's really my thought. But just you know, as far as Knicks fans, you know that this is what got you guys here. This whole um, Trey Young thing with mm -hmm. um with all the fu and all this other stuff. Fuck Trey Young. You know, we, we gotta we gotta be a little bit more classier than that, man. They got kids in the in the in the arena, and oh, people yeah. are watching. I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. I forgot this. There's kids at the games. I, I, yeah. I totally I forgot about that. So you know, you got kids there. You know, it's a it's a it's a family environment. So think about it like that. Yeah. Same thing with me. You know, like diehard next podcast. I curse a lot on this thing, man. You should see. You should see that. You know, you you've been on the halftime show before. Sometimes I be I be going crazy, man. But I, I don't care, man, because I I personally. Uh, blocked, um, you know the the kids. The, from, the kids from watching. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care if anybody's offended what I got to say. But when you out in the public, it's a little bit different, man. I'm not going to be acting the same way, you know, in certain settings. You know, you, there's there's a time and place for everything. But right. in, in there, with when you got kids and stuff there with the, for the whole arena to be like fuck trade, that's an example for the kids, man. Yeah, absolutely. you got to yeah, you got to be more responsible how how you conduct yourself out there in in those, in those um, streets. Yeah, I'm man. glad I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even, I was thinking about the player and, and being respectful. I, 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 I totally forgot about the, the children in an arena, and you you make a good point about that. Yeah, Julius Randle's kid, you know, was there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. so you can just just imagine the conversation and stuff because that that kid that kid loves his father, you know what I'm saying? So he absorbed in everything. You saw mm -hmm. him crying about the nets and crying about all the other stuff. So hearing right. that, he's never gonna forget that. That's right. gonna be a part of him. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So what so, about yeah. you, man? Um, I was my final thoughts is just that um, I, like I said from from um when I predicted before the Knicks actually lost the game, I still feel like the Knicks should win it in about five games. I I say. The Hawks won the one game that they they, they should win, but like I want I, I, deep down inside, I feel like the Knicks can win the next four. I feel like in Atlanta, it's gonna be half Knicks fans. It's gonna be it's gonna be no different. It's gonna be fifty percent Knicks fans and fifty percent Atlanta Atlanta fans. So we still got the home court advantage basically in, yeah. in Atlanta. In, in Atlanta, and I feel like we have. I honestly believe this is what we wanted. We didn't want to play against the Heat. We didn't want to play against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. We wanted the Hawks, so we got what we wanted. So let's let's handle our business. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that, that's that's a good way to end it, man. Handle our business and all, all facets of life, man. Hand, just handle your business. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Stop crying and stop stop you know talking in the imagination. You know, speaking the real, and um just just keep it that way. Keep it real, man. Exactly, man. E rule diehard Nick diehard Nick's podcast. Mm -hmm. D Traff Nixon Night TV. Yep. Yeah, you know, I'm laughing because I always I always fuck up your name. Every time I say that, I'm like, Nick's dad. You did the same thing. Dying, no, dying, oh, shit. no, you know? no, 
you you know, it's so many podcasts, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I'll be ready to say your name, and I, I'm saying it right, but I have to kill that. Let me make sure I'm not saying it wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But yes, Die Hard Nick's podcast. I know your podcast for sure. Yeah, yes. no doubt, no doubt. Yes, so anyway, do, you know, you do a yeah, great yeah. job on here. So you guys, make sure you like. When you like, when you like the video, it gets shown more all over YouTube. So like it, subscribe it. You know, Die Hard Nick's podcast. My man, you always does a great job. You know, share it with your friends. Um, check me out, Nixon Night TV, on YouTube, on Instagram. This my boy forever, man. We always have a good time when we come together, man. Always. Yeah. The first the first time I met you, I was holding you down about about one of the one of the pictures that you posted. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we, we got that bomb, man. We got we got to do it more often, man. We, you know, you know, whenever we, we can get something that we can really key on, because mm -hmm. just um just make it make it a thing. Right. Right. Absolutely, my brother. But once right. again, you did a great job, man. And um, I look forward to talking to you after the Knicks win game two. <laughs> <laughs> That's also bad. Where, where are you gonna be? Are you gonna um? Where you where are you gonna be at for for game two? Man, if you got somewhere, let me know, man. Maybe I might be with you chilling, man. Well, I'm thinking about Clyde's. Okay. I'm thinking about Clyde's because one of the guys said, um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's open. Yeah, class is open, but um, you know, what's this guy's name? Um, in my lifetime tees, Tuck from in, in my lifetime tees. He said he was gonna be there, so I think I might just pop up there, and hang out there, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find. I would like to be out, you know, watching the game just for for game two. I would like to be out there. So you know what? I think I might come through, bring the camera, film a Nixon Night TV show there because I actually wanted. That's what I wanted to film a show from the garden, but the whole vaccination thing—they're not gonna let me in, you know. Then then the unvaccinated is only about thirty seats that's unvaccinated, you know. Those go like that. So yeah. man, maybe I might come to Clyde's and film a show and we do it from there, man. Why not? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> All right, man. So maybe I'll see you out there. If if any and you know, if anything, I'll just, I'll just hit you up and then we'll see what's up. All right, no problem, my brother. All right, man. Thanks for, for coming in like, as always, man. So like like he said, he said it all, man. Just hit the <laughs> damn button, God. Just hit the subscribe button. All you gotta do is go like this, boop. You know, hit the like button, boop. It don't it don't it's not it's free. It's free you know, man, not asking absolutely. you to, to do no Patreon. Or anything like that, you know what I'm saying? You know, just it's it's all free, man. If you like to uh, to hear us talk shit, just um just um show love, man. Yeah, exactly. I think most importantly is the likes. You gotta like it. If you like it, you know the algorithm of whole YouTube is gonna say, oh, he likes this, so they'll show you more of Die Hard Nick podcast and also Nixon Night TV. So make sure you like the videos. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> all right, man. I see you. I see you soon, bro. All right, later. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Summertime is here, so I got to remind my diehards about my affiliation with Manscaped.com. Please go to Manscaped.com and put in promo code DIEHARD20 for 20% off and free shipping on anything on that website. So anyway, as you know, it's summertime. You got to keep the head just trimmed, bro. You know, you can't be walking around with swamp ass and freaking stinky balls and things of that nature, man. Get the razors, get the um, the trimmer, and I'll um, shave them things down, man, and keep them nice and fresh. Also, if you wish, use some of those products, man, and get, get some... um. A little extra um, confidence out when you're out there walking these streets with um with your basketball shorts and stuff like that. You can't be walking past, you know, the um, ladies out there with stinky ass and stinky balls, man. So take it from Eru, you know, use the promo code DarHire20, and um, let's keep it fresh this summer, man. All right, without further ado, back to the show. <laughs>